Welcome to the James Exchange. This is Nancy Gill, your host, and I am with Lisa Calabiano at her dining room table. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, Nancy. Thank you so much for having me. I've known you for a few years. In fact, I, I believe one of the earliest recollections that I have is prior to winter, my brother had just delivered a load of firewood and you and one of your friends, I, I don't recall who it was, you were running, like physically training mm-hmm. for, for marathons mm-hmm. and things like that. And you stopped by and helped me stack my wood. I'll never forget that. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I definitely ran a lot, but I love my neighbors and I love community. So I, you'll, I think a lot of my neighbors will have similar memories of me. We're all in it together, so. And one of my neighbors that you know, because I believe that at some point you were running with him is that infamous Scottsville native, (laughs) Sid Pugh. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is awesome. We used to run together on uh, Sunday mornings, Saturday mornings. We'd run around the levee it was great running with him. He's very experienced and as a runner and we would talk about Scottsville and it was really cool to spend so much time with a a native and learn about all the history. He he was a lot of fun. I might be maybe stretching this question a little bit, but did Sid have anything to do with you wanting to be involved with the planning commission? I think Sid was somebody who helped me reaffirm how much I love the town of Scottsville. And because he's lived here for so long and he's been involved in so many things, that was inspiring. I think it's also just kind of me, like my my mom was always into community service. You got me into working with the um, James River Association, the, um, you know, we were talking about river cleanup, town cleanup. Um, Even before I moved to Scottsville, when I was in Palmyra, I was involved in Old Farm Day. I was on the rescue squad. I'm always looking for opportunities to help out. And, you know, sometimes I don't have time, but I, I try to help out in any way that I can. Well, Scottsville has handed you a tremendous opportunity to help mm-hmm. out because you now serve as the chair of the planning commission. Yeah. And there's some big things coming down the road for you and the commissioners to wade yeah. through and make decisions on. So how does that feel? It feels exciting. I mean, it feels amazing. It feels like, wow, I really have an opportunity to make an impact. I take the role very seriously until after nine, nine 30, I start to get a little punchy because it's such a late day. So I am honored to participate in this process and bring responsible growth to Scottsville. You know, I don't have an agenda other than doing the right thing for the community and you know, there's not many places that you can live and, and participate in such an important process. The decisions we're making today are going to affect generations of Scottsvillians. So it's it's an awesome responsibility. I've got to say, you you mentioned the, the length of the meetings, sometimes mm-hmm. 9, 930. And I think mm-hmm. you had one that went past 10. Mm-hmm. When I was mayor back in 2016 to 20, the planning commission meetings might have lasted 10 minutes. 
So when you think 2016 planning commission meetings lasting really just not that long at all. Now I see long, meaningful, data-driven mm -hmm. meetings that that are really, as you said, defining the future of Scottsville. So it, it's a big responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I'm just amazed that you have a core group of people that stick it out with you. Yeah. So in the two and a half years that I've served, we've had a little bit of turnover between people leaving, you know, moving outside the town limits, which I could sneeze and I'd be outside the town limits where I live. So, you know, we've had a little bit of turnover, but the group that we have now, we've all been together since at least October even earlier than that, actually, perhaps even a year. We were just thinking about this at our last meeting. So it's nice. It's nice to have that continuity. We're, we're really learning about each other. And there's so much to learn about being on the planning commission. I mean, we have the comprehensive plan. We have the West Downtown Small Area Plan. We have the subdivision ordinance. We have the Scottsville Town Ordinance, which is enormous. There's, there's a lot to learn. It's very dense. So having continuity of members and having Matt Lawless, who is, uh, I mean, he's just a wealth of information. And if he doesn't know the answers, he knows how to get them. And he keeps our agenda busy. And we've got a team of people that are really motivated to do the hard stuff and, and get things done. And perhaps we have so much on our agenda now because you guys didn't have as much in 2016. Yeah, we, we love it. We're, we're working really hard through it and it's a big responsibility, but it's fun. Just speaking about responsibilities, this past Tuesday, you had a meeting with the Echelon Resources mm. and they would like to put 204, they say loft apartments, but they're basically studio one, two, potentially three bedroom apartments yeah. in the tire plant. I listened to the meeting and what I heard as potential things going on there. First, they don't really want commercial space. Mm -hmm. Yet there are some things that the town really needs. And also from what I heard, they see this more as a, a community within the town of Scottsville mm -hmm. for the people who rent their apartments. But with that said, I did hear three things that you and I, Shannon brought up, and that was a gym. They're planning on putting a gym in mm -hmm. for their, their renters, right? but they're open to talking to a third party that would run it so that town residents could join the gym. Mm-hmm. The other was a daycare scenario, which to me, if they have young families living there and they want to create this work from home environment, daycare might be a really good benefit to those renting there. And the last one that was discussed was a medical facility of some sort, which of course me with the health initiative, I'm extremely interested in, but what's your take mm -hmm. on apartments, commercial, and those three things I just mentioned? Well, first of all, 205 apartments is a lot. <laughs> so it's, it's a little intimidating, that number. 
and no, no plans for commercial. The West Downtown Small Area Plan called for mixed use. And, and all of our thinking and conversations has been, hey, it would be great if there was a little bit of commercial there, maybe artist studios, maybe some retail, perhaps, you know, offices, doctor's office. The two things that come up a lot and this property would be prime for are doctor's office and daycare. We really don't have a lot of infrastructure in our historic commercial downtown to fit those sorts of facilities. You know, they they need faster, well, we have internet, that's another story, but they need, you know, electricity, they need modern facilities with ventilation and new construction would be ideal for that. But the developer doesn't seem to be very interested in commercial it's probably not as lucrative is what it comes down to. They didn't totally totally rule it out. So if there were commercial renters out there that were interested and thought that this was the perfect facility for them, the perfect place for them, then maybe they should speak up and, and get in touch with the developer. We did put that out there and try to get some interest on it, get the developer to think about it. The gym, yeah, I mean, there's there's always talk about wouldn't it be great if we had a gym? I wish that, I wish we had a gym too. Maybe I would start running again and be in better shape. <laughs> but you know, liability issues. They're concerned about having people in that aren't residents. Um, security issues. I get it. So maybe if they're able to figure something out with a third party manager, I would really like to see that. I would like to push for that. Back to the daycare again, there's only going to be about 5% three bedrooms. The rest are going to be a mix of studios, ones and twos. So they're not really marketing this property as a property for families. I mean, of course, you can fit a family in a one bedroom and a two bedroom, but probably not as likely or as comfortable. It might be a starter unit for new families. So I guess they don't think that they need a daycare on site. One of the things they're doing that has always interested me, and I think with the recent pandemic, it's mm-hmm. brought it to the forefront, and that is the work from home scenario. Mm-hmm. So when they mentioned the work from home, that piqued my interest because that would take care of so many of the issues that people are worried about around traffic. Mm-hmm. You know, we have fiber in the ground. Perhaps this would be what it would take to get CenturyLink Brightspeed to utilize that, to make it available to everybody. You know, 200 units might do that. Work from home, absolutely. It's great. I've worked from home for years, probably about 15 years. I've had at least part-time work from home and especially since the pandemic. And if these homes are what I think they're going to be, they're going to be attracting young professionals. They're going to be attracting people who have the ability to work from home, not people who are in the service industry. You know, there's, there's some questions about affordability and, and the rents that that's to be determined. I, we need to learn a little bit more about that, but I can absolutely see people from working from home and that would alleviate a lot of congestion on the roads. And, you know, it's definitely going to add some traffic. Obviously, there's no doubt about that. We've talked about ways to get like jaunt out there and running more trips. The possible, Matt has mentioned the possibility of requiring a bus station. It needs to be explored a little bit more. 
because traffic is going to be a problem. We need to figure out how to alleviate traffic on 20 and, and on the immediate streets around the facility. But internet, the internet improves and I can definitely see work from home being a, a great opportunity for folks that live there. I think that's the wave of the future. I think yeah. the pandemic basically facilitated it. And the one thing is that when you do have work from home, and, and I'm going to now reference um, the green infrastructure hmm. folks on Valley Street. When I spoke with Karen Firehawk before she moved her business here from Charlottesville, she said she wanted to be in a town where her employees could walk around, take mm-hmm. a break, go to the river, and eat lunch yeah. at our restaurants. And I'm hoping that this is also maybe not a philosophy, but a business-type decision that Echelon makes in hoping that the residents of these apartments would really participate in our local economy. You know, you've started the dialogue and I'd like to see it continued. What is community? How do you get engagement? How does that happen? What does that look like? If somebody's paying $1,600, $1,900 a month rent on their one bedroom apartment, are those the people that are going to be out coaching the soccer games on weekend mornings? Are they going to be participating in the farmer's market? Are they going to the town council meetings? I don't know, but that's important to me. And I'd like to live in a town where others are also invested in it. We have a shortage of volunteers. We're always looking for volunteers. And I'm sure your listeners know you don't have to live in the town limits to participate in our town government. There are some committees that you can join. You can't be on town council. You can't be on ARB or planning commission, but you can still get involved. There's lots of ways to get involved. You know, this needs to be explored a little more and talked about a little more. How do we get people to, to get involved? And I don't know what it, what does, does someone's <laughs> income affect their level of participation? I don't know. I don't know. It, maybe if they're working from home, they'll be available more. Certainly possible. I have been, I think, a professional volunteer for the town of Scottsville. <laughs> and, Thank uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> and I've stepped back from that. I'm at the age where that it's time to pass the baton. It's time for the youngsters to really step up. And and youngsters, I'm saying, you folks from 20 to 50, it's time to step up, get involved. And Scottsville is a great place, you know, whether we're newcomers or grew up here, we all want the same thing. So we need to work together to make sure that happens. I don't know what a project of this magnitude would do to the town. Mm -hmm. It's exciting on one hand, and then you kind of wonder if it will change the character. Mm -hmm. And and that's another thing. Everybody talks about small town character, and I don't know what they mean by that. Yeah. Is it the buildings? Is it the walkability? Is it hanging out at the brewery? I don't know what people mean by small town character character well something tells me it's probably not 200 units (laughs) i think it can be done i think it can be done well i think that community means that there's no like exclusive 
exclusivity. There's no a label of luxury housing. They haven't used that label and I haven't heard it being referred to in that way. So that's good. And, and I, I hope that's not what they're thinking because I feel like that might kind of be divisive. I don't know if divisive is the right word, but it, I, I think it certainly won't be enhancing the good feelings of neighbors in, in the town. I think enabling people from the community to use the facilities like the basketball courts and the gyms, that will encourage good relations, that will encourage involvement and help people feel like that community is part of the community. Um, and hope that hopefully the feeling would be mutual. I don't know, it's, it's kind of geographically out a little ways, but the town goals of creating trails and walkways and there are trails and walkways around there and, and there's the Van Cleef and there's a, a new trail that's going to be built up by the shopping center, by the Tiger Fuel Market. So that's ways to encourage community and encourage people to get out and, and meet their neighbors. So do you know if they're going to allow dogs in the apartments? Did that Ooh, that's a really good question. You gotta have well, a dog if you're in Scottsville. I think so too. And you know, dog park, that's that's always an agenda item to to think about too. My guess is they probably would. There's probably fees involved with it, like in most rentals, you know. But yeah, I hope they do. Everyone needs to have a good pet in their lives. Well, now that we've raised the question. Well, I have a, a running list of questions and I'm going to shoot them off to Mr. Gaskin in the next week. I'll have to try to remember to put that on the list also. But yeah, there's lots of questions and I would encourage your, your listeners to go ahead and email them, scottsvillelofts at gmail.com if they have any questions about the proposal. Um, and again, this is an application. It's a special use permit application. It's scheduled for hearing on October 3rd. If it gets voted, we will make a recommendation either at that meeting or the next meeting to eat to town council that they should either deny or approve the application. And we could make all sorts of conditions. So if, if we think that they need to come up with an arrangement where the basketball court and the gym must be available to other residents and they have to work out a plan for that, we could make that condition. The developer could turn around and say, no, no, thank you. We're not interested in moving forward. You know, we do have some ability to make conditions. I would encourage your, your listeners to be present on October 3rd and make their opinion known. Reach out to Scottsville Lofts in the meantime if they have any questions or want to raise a particular concern. There's a beautiful staff report that Mr. Lawless put together. It's 13 pages. I mean, chock full of information about everything you could wonder. He's got it in there. The slideshow that Mr. Gaskin presented, that's supposed to be made available too. I would recommend that everyone look at those two documents first and then go ahead and ask any questions that they have. A lot of their questions might already be answered. You know, and another point, the Echelon Resources seems to have a really good reputation. They're, they're a developer and a manager. So they're not going to develop it, sell it to somebody else and walk away and wipe their hands clean. They're intending to partner with the town. So that's, that's a good thing. That, that's something that bodes well for the relationship and, and this application. Check it out. There's a lot of resources out there to look at. Yeah, I'll put a few in the text portion of mm. the podcast as well. Good. for people to peruse 
So Lisa, mm -hmm. anything else? Um, you are, but you are a property manager, are you not? Isn't that your job? I am. I am. Yes. Yeah, so I, I've worked in property management for close to 20 years now, and I've worked in affordable housing. I've worked in market rate housing. I, I don't actually do the property management work right now. I work in the accounting department, but I do have my real estate license and I've pretty much done everything there is to do in, in the industry. And it's interesting and I, it's fun. It's, it's an action-packed industry and it's, it's also a little stressful, a little challenging. So I, I understand, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to be involved in the planning commission, because I have this background and I understand it. I'm a numbers person. I am analytical. I like to study the law. So it was kind of right up my alley. You know, in property management, you're not going to get a developer to do the work unless they know they're going to make money, unless they know their rents are going to pay the mortgage. And it is not cheap to build out there. It's not cheap, even before inflation. And there was a, a listing on a new home in town, 1,500 square feet, I think it was four bedrooms, two baths, or three bedrooms, three bedrooms, two baths for 360,000. And I'm thinking like, that's a lot like my house that I bought 10 years ago for a hundred and I don't know, 160,000. Like, wow, the market is crazy. And there's a shortage of housing. It's not cheap to build. It's not cheap to buy either. So the way to address the housing pricing and the demand is to put more supply into it. And if you believe in supply and demand principles of economics, then, you know, that makes sense. And 200 apartments might be the answer. But anyway, property management. Yeah. Lisa, thank mm -hmm. you so much. I know you're busy. And for those of you who are listening to this, yeah, it's going out Friday, but this is Thursday evening. And Lisa puts in a much longer day than I do. <laughs> so thank you so much, Lisa. And thank you for everything you're doing for the town. You're welcome, Nancy. And, and just one more comment. You know, when you're passing the torch, uh, you know, I want you to know that you were also one of the reasons why I got involved. And you're passing that torch to me and I'll be passing it on too. So thank you for everything that you've done to help me be the person that I am today. Thank you for um, your mentorship. Well, I'm honored by that statement. And I'm going to bid you <laughs> farewell and a very pleasant rest of your evening. You too. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. As always, if you have a story, a song, an issue, or just want to have a conversation, contact me. And the opening music today is Stranger at the Door, which... Mary Hardy and Marty Kaufman played in a twin fiddling contest at Fiddler's Grove many years ago and came in first. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Have a great weekend.